Good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful to have this opportunity to share. Um, but before I do, I've got I've, I've to, of course, greet my our, our, <laughs> our listeners at home, uh, in particular the, the Les Français. Bon, je vais, je vais commencer à, avec, euh, en saluant nos amis, Luc et Sylvie, et aussi euh, les, les, nos autres euh, sœurs et frères en France et en autre partie d'Europe. De, et euh, merci d'être, <rire> en guillemets, venus. Euh, nous vous aimons. Nous vous aimons. So, that was just a quick little note for them. <laughs> so, um, let me start uh, by letting you know. So, my teaching is called Combating Doubt, which I, I was thinking, I was like, come on, come up with a better title than that. I don't know. But, um, and I do recognize I have a very long teaching sheet, but I think you can probably, when you see it, you, it, very, it very much looks like teacher, teacher mode. That's Teacher Katie for you. I figured Tammy would very much appreciate my. my my uh, language teacher skills there of giving you a glossary, a parallel glossary <laughs> alongside the scripture. Um, uh, you know, wow, that's right. Uh, I was doubting my title. For the, my working title was No Doubt, and I thought maybe I should find a song by No Doubt and like play it at the beginning. No, and I thought that was a terrible idea. So I, I made it a very Ber Berkian title. Um, at it's not Overcoming Doubt. Combating doubt, Burkean. I like it. Uh, oh yes. Oh yes. I like this word. This is a commonly used term. Absolutely. Um, so the the this teaching um, came from. It's actually benefit. I do. I do have to admit. I do have the benefit of living in the same house with our pastor. So I I, I took advantage of that a little bit. Where I I would talk with him and discuss things and there was one uh, moment earlier on where he uh, he asked so so how's your teaching come along or something like that and I said well last night I was gonna put up to my study to uh, to look into the scripture and then I just started writing a song instead and so and and I just thought, I was like well you know what else can I do but but he it kind of that he made the realization in a way like huh like thinking about that and and, and he, we did, through our discussion I won't get into all the things we discussed but it got me thinking about there's you know these this song was from the Lord it's it's not a separate thing you know so I'm gonna sing my my teaching this morning no um, that there you go it's like well okay oh fun um, no, but uh, so I looked back at that song and was like, okay, well, Lord, that's true. This makes sense. This is you speaking to me. This isn't, it doesn't have to be, I only speak in, in Sunday school teaching voice for Sunday school and then for songwriting voice for worship. Um, so the song that I had just received from the Lord was from a prayer time um, earlier last month that I was really able to bring to fruition um, in the last week or so and it was largely um, 
I had to make note of it. So it's like, yeah, I, anytime I have to talk about a song I've written, I'm like, what is it about? Like, it's, it's what is it, these things. It's like, this, this is it. But the song was um, about really a meditation on God's goodness and, um, and being grounded in God and in the certainty of his goodness and his faithfulness and, and about never doubting who he is. Um, and it was really, really a personal song for me in, in that I, and I almost, some of the words I kind of think like, well, this is about, this is my experience with the Lord. And I know it's not everybody else's experience, so I don't know, maybe I need to change the lyrics, but I haven't. Um, but about, I've been so grateful that I've never, you know, we've all, we all go through struggling times, right? But I'm, I was actually stating in the song, I'm so grateful that I've never doubted who you are. I know a lot of people go through struggles and they're intense struggles, legitimately <laughs> intense struggles, and then that takes them to a depth of who are you? Why, why would you allow, why, well, the why would you allow question might still come up, but why, why would a good God do this? Like that's never been somewhere my, my mind has gone and I'm so, I was thanking the Lord for that. So giving you that background, this takes you to this lesson. Um, so I thought, well, you know what, Lord, okay, are, are you wanting me to talk about doubting you, doubting who you are, doubting your goodness? So that is what this is about. Um, so in searching uh, in scripture, I actually came across, as you can see, two chapters, uh, two Psalms in particular, Psalms 31 and Psalm 77, um, and I'm actually going out of order with them. I'll start with 77 and, and go to 31 after. Not really sure why that is. I think the Lord did that. Um, unless it's a terrible idea, then it was just me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but just before we dig into the scripture, and as you can see, what I did there is I, I did, I just gave you all the all the scripture, I bolded things and put little commentaries, and I put in like, I don't know, I, did, I tried to refrain from putting every single original word <laughs> that was in the scripture um, in here, but I did, I did close to it. I just gave you a big glossary um, of different words. Sometimes I put them in there if they were ones we know, like know that we know that we know as saints from all the teachings and all the walk that we walk. I just put the word in there and like I, you you know it m most of you know it um, who are listening um, but s just to kind of give a s little summary beforehand of some of the themes um, these are two these are two psalms one from David and one from Asaph we're going to start with Asaph's psalm um, and uh, there's a lot there's a lot of meat in these there's a lot of uh, reference, again, it's, it's about, it's combating doubt through remembrance. Oh, but that's not, an, that's not something we've been talking about for weeks. That was a really cool thing for me to see when I looked into doubt. That was the way to combat, is that you see, I remembered this and I re as a memorial to the Lord. Like these different things came in. Um, as a remedy. Um, there's a lot about 
the hand spoken, which we know in, uh, means a lot of different, a lot of deep things, but it's, it's that partnership with God. Um, we're going to see some sila work happening, which is a little interesting. Um, a lot about trust, and the, I found a couple of different words for trust that are kind of back to back, and they're a little bit interesting. Um, that I won't, I'm not going to get into all the things, but also just the promise that is brought, uh, that's brought forth as a remembrance that these are promises that the Lord has given for those who follow him and those who love him. Um, so let's go ahead and dig into Psalm 77. So on the very, very front um, of your page. So we're going to read through and I'll just kind of go back and forth. I may go ahead and occasionally just read uh, the translation of the word if it's real just brief, oh, just within the scripture. Um, or I'll just pause here and there. So hopefully that doesn't bother anybody. But just get through. No, we're going we're gonna to dig. So Psalm 77. This one, I will say, has a very cool voices, thunders, lightnings thing about it, which is why at the very beginning I went ahead and bolded a few words here. So it says, I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. So it's starting with the voice, in case you're wondering. Um, I'll point out why that's really, why that's interesting to me in a little bit. In, the in my day of trouble, which is Sarah, which off to the side there you see Sarah is straits, distress, trouble. It's also related to the word Sarar, which is a narrow place to be found, etc. And I'll give a further uh, definition of that one in a little bit. But it's so in my trouble, in this, these dire straits, I saw the Lord, my sore ran in the night and ceased not my soul refused to be comforted that was a weird one i did have to to seek seek some <laughs> clarification on it because the word sore there is yad which is hand and so i was like ew what is ew, what is my sore like is something oozing i don't know what's happening but no it, it we uh, again i'm grateful i had i had a good resource in my home where i could say okay i need help with that one um but really looking into that one, it's looking at all the other words there, it's really a presentation of the hand before God through the night and not ceasing. So this is this intercession that Asaph is speaking of where I was in trouble, I sought the Lord and I presented myself in partnership and I did not cease. My soul refused to be comforted. I, nothing could sway me, nothing. I didn't want to be distracted away from it. I wanted to focus on this pursuit. So makes a lot, <laughs> it's so much nicer than what is that oozing thing that, that you're talking about? What, what is running in the night? Because uh, ran is like a fluid, like it's a liquid uh, flowing. And so I, I don't know, my, my mind was going all sorts of places with what is wrong with his hand? But thank goodness it makes more sense <laughs> talking about that partnership. I remembered God and was troubled. Okay, we have a few different words of troubled. This one is 
hama, trouble to murmur, to growl or cry aloud, to mourn. This is also related to Ham, the name Ham, um, uh, as in <laughs> old, 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 um, which actually means heat, to be heated in one's mental processing, to just almost, almost like, you know, when, when if you get really, really angry and you get hot, that kind of a mentality, to be troubled in that way. Um, I was, tr and it was troubled. I complained, which is also translated as meditate. And my spirit, ruah, was overwhelmed. Sila, this one has, has several silas. Uh, actually, it has four sections and it has three silas. So we've got this. So we've started out with the voice and things aren't looking good here. I went ahead and I included some spaces here just to kind of break things up into sections. Um, so we've got a sila. Is there resolution yet? No. <laughs> well, sort of, but not really, no. Thou holdest mine eyes waking, which in the translation is like you're, you're holding my eyes open, like I'm awake. You are keeping me awake in this night. I am so troubled, pa'am, troubled, agitated, beaten, disturbed, that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. So that's a remembrance. I'm remembering the days of old. So this is, it's, it's activating this, this, um, this remembrance we've been discussing about and what I've said about combating doubt here with remembrance. I'm remembering what has passed. I'm remembering even my song, which I think for me as a songwriter, it's, it's also it, before the Lord. That's also a thing. Like I remember these songs that I sang to you. I remember what my spirit and we can all, even though we're not all songwriters, we can remember the things that we've spoken to the Lord, that we've cried out to the Lord, that we've, the ways that we've communed with the Lord. I commune, which is siya, which is to talk, to meditate, to also can be to complain or muse. Sometimes these words, meditate words, can also be used in a as a positive or a negative way, but this one I believe is positive. I commune with my own heart and my spirit, ruach, made diligent search. So he's still pressing, he's still pressing, despite this troubling feeling and situation. Will Adonai cast off Zana forever? And will he be favorable no more? Zana is cast off, cast away, turn away, remove far off, be rejected. Will the Lord spurn me forever? Is his mercy, this I, I think is hilarious. Is his mercy clean gone forever? I, just, I don't know. I know, I, I love it. A clean, clean gone. See, it's all, all those kind of, those uh, country phrases, they, they come from, from yeah, Shakespearean age. Um, is his mercy clean gone forever? Uh, doth his promise fail forevermore. Now I looked up all those, again, I looked up every word here. Um, all, there were a lot of forevers, and those are generally forever. Like they generally mean what they, they mean. But I wanted to point out that evermore word. It's for a period, for a generation. Also, it talks about a habitation or a dwelling, which is very interesting. I just thought I would kind of throw that out there. Gamar, though, is that word for fail and is to end in a sense of completion or failure. So is 
is his mercy gone forever? Is his promise completed, but or is it ended in the sense that it it just fizzled out? I guess. Oh well, it's done. I guess it's over. Um, hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies, which is Raham, um, which is mercy, compassion, also womb and bowels. And <laughs> I was like, I'm going to put that word on there. But we've talked about, I, I, whenever I hear that, I think about this, for womb, for bowels, I think uh, intercession in a way, that, that, and also life giving there. That tender love, has he shut up that new life, that tender love, that that partnership and burden. Okay, so th we've left it at a question. And another, Sila. Woo, so great. This is just a s so many Silas. Um, yes, ma'am. Can I ask something? Yes, please. I love this because, I mean, clearly this is the enemy's pressing in on you, right? And that it speaks of Adonai, which is his placement. And, and you know, really, he talks about Yahweh and his his placement within the plan of God. But I, what I love about this is, you know, sometimes I struggle with thinking that I'm a warrior, that I really know how to war. But you, you look at this, and really the weapons of his warfare in the midst of the enemy pressing is calling to remembrance the song, communing with his heart, and his spirit searching, you know, making that diligent search. And and just the awareness that that is the weapon of our warfare. You know, it's not that we can come in and be loud and, you know, do all the things that I feel like I fall short in. But that is, like, really the heart, the core of really the weapons of our warfare to overcome the enemy. And it's just so sweet. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yes. That is absolutely. And I agree. I love that, too. That helps it's, me. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it it helps to know that it, it, it's a good reminder. It's like it's not my strength. It's yeah. not what I know how to do. What I know how to do is to press and to remember and to pursue. And that's that's I love that. Um. So this this I've kind of called the Sila of Silas. So we've already like, again we've been kind of we like we've just discussed we've been struggling. <laughs> Asaph here has been struggling. Um, but it, it, this next verse 10, and I said, this is my infirmity. And I just kind of dismissed that thought, oh, infirmity, oh, man. And I was, and I almost thought, like, well, this, all of this before, me complaining and griping and all these things, oh, that's my infirmity. I just keep saying, no, but if you look at infirmity, it's halah, um, which we know. We know that word quite well, but... Um, I'm not going to get into all the things, but a few of the different things I wanted to point out there is that supplication as well as travail, as well as prayer. Like, this is my function here. It's, I know it also can mean infirmity, but it makes more logic, logical sense for it to be talking about this is my supplication. Colon, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I put, I made sure I italicized, but I will remember because that's not in the original scripture. The remembering is not even there. This is my supplication. This is my prayer. This is my travail. The years 
of the right hand, the promise of the Most High Elion. I will remember the works, which can also be invention, which I thought was neat. It's a creativity of the Lord, Yah. Surely I will remember thy wonders, which is Pele, which really speaks of miraculous works of old. I will meditate, Haga, which is meditate, also can mean mourn, to speak, to imagine, to study, to utter, to roar, all of thy work. So I'm sorry, I'm throwing up the pausing between all these things. I will meditate also after, uh, of, sorry, of all thy work and talk of thy doings. So that word work, hoal, is a thing done, a thing made, the wages of work, but I also I wanted to really point out that it can also be an acquisition as of an acquisition of treasure. So it's an interesting word for work. I'll focus on those things that God has done. And uh, see ya again, which we saw earlier of thy doings. I bolded this phrase because this following phrase because there's another parallel phrase that I just thought was super poetic. Thy way, O God, or Elohim, is in the sanctuary. Another time he talks about, you, this is your way, this is your path. So this, this first time he mentions it, the sanctuary is Kodesh, a sacred place or thing, apartness, holiness, separateness, which is absolutely, what, what is a saint called to be? To be separate, to be holy, to be set apart. And that is his way. And so we're, we're really coming out of the struggles here. This is really coming into this victory. He starts really praising into this. Who is so great a God as our Elohim? Thou art the God that doest wonders, Pele, again, which is building off of that miraculous thing. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob, and Joseph, Selah. Okay, so we're coming to our final segment here, which is really the explosive part. Remember at the very beginning I talked about the voice um, because here we have like a conglomeration of a bunch of thunders, lightnings, earthquakes, and back and forth and back and forth, and I brought it to, to Pastor and was like, I don't see... Everything begins with a voice, right? I don't see the voice in this section. I saw the sila right before it, and I was like, where's the voice? But he pointed out, oh, well, see that? It said voice a whole bunch at the very beginning. So it's that Asaph bringing forth that voice. And this is a remembrance here. And so I, to me, I, I see that as he's bringing up this remembrance. It's actually, uh, I believe it's about the, it, I really should be, I did, I did double check to make sure that the wording was correct, and I'll kind of reference it, but it's about the parting of the Red Sea. So it's a remembrance, but at the same time, it's a victory in this moment that he's in. He's actively remembering a miraculous thing that God did, and it's bringing this miraculous, explosive power in the moment that he's in as well. So let's look at it. So. The waters, Maim, saw, Ra'ah, thee, O God. The waters saw thee. Hey, there's a repetition. 
Oh, I wonder if this is important. Uh, it's not just about it being important, but that it's just, uh, oh gosh, what is, I remember how you said it. Um, it's, I, I, I asked about it this morning and I saw it very early, uh, but I, I see the double issue and so I'm like, that's intimacy. That's just like, well, it's not intimacy here. Sorry, Pastor, what, what, how did you word that? My brain is really. Well, it's something of great import, something of great depth. Okay, depth, that was the, that was the word um, that I was wanting to say. So yes, so this repetition here is of great depth, of great importance. So the waters saw thee. And again, we know that ra'ah is not just like, oh, hey, there's, we saw, we saw over there, hi. No, it's, it's really seeing and perceiving and discerning. They saw God and they were afraid. The depths also were troubled. So there's a lot in here. Ma'im is a strange word. It means waters, but it also kind of means some gross stuff. It means also, I, I glossed over it and was very euphemistic. It means several different types of bodily fluid and waste. Um, as well as the waters of danger, violence, transitory things. So, I mean, granted, some, I've seen Maim throughout my studies here, and a lot of they don't always mean something tumultuous. But here, I think that works. I think that tumultuous and kind of gross and just ugh, level of that meaning of that word fits here. Again, if we're thinking the Red Sea, the Israelites are coming up to a sea and they've got death behind them, death before them in the sense of that water. But we see that the waters saw God and they were afraid, which is tool. They t and which we know tool is to twist, to whirl, to dance. And, and there's a wonderful, lovely book uh, by our lovely Monica about dance that goes into this in detail. So if you want to learn about it, check it out. Um, but I, I had forgotten, because I know just in function, I know the tool as we, we do this in dance um, before the Lord, but it also can, that word can also mean to writhe in fear, to tremble, to anguish, to be pained. And I really see that as the response that the waters are doing. They're churning in that trouble and fear before the Lord and the depths, which I'm not sure how to pronounce this. I'm going to just say Tom. Um, <laughs> uh, the abyss, the sea, or even a subterranean water supply, which I thought was really interesting. Again, you think about wells and just the kind of the deeper things that are within this this earth and the terrios. Uh, the depths were troubled, ragas, which tremble, quake. When I first read this, before I even looked into um, what the meanings were behind the words, I was reading through this. I was like, ooh, this is the voice of thunders, lightning, earthquakes. But that's earthquake. It's not just the land, the dry ground that shakes, the water churning, moving, shaking. And I mean, there is earth underneath. There is, there is land underneath the water as well. So there's, your, there's one earthquake. It's not the only one. The clouds poured out water, again, Maim. Um, the skies sent out a sound, thine, thine arrows also went abroad. So we've got the water still there. We've got the skies, which actually can also mean clouds and fine dust. 
sent forth a sound, which is, oh, I thought I had that somewhere. I think I had that elsewhere. Huh. I have that somewhere, it's cold. But it's a, it's a sound, it's a thunder there. And if we, if, we, if we recall how thunder comes about, it is that friction that is caused by fine, fine contrite dust in the atmosphere, which I kind of love that that says it straight up in the Bible there. Um, and then arrows also went abroad. We know arrows are lightning. Although in this, I will point out that that word for arrows can mean arrows as well as gravel, just as a little side note. The voice of thy thunder. So again, we're coming back. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. Um, so we're kind of going all over the place because then we have the lightnings lighten the world. And then the earth trembled and shook. Um, so we, it's a bunch of things, and to me, I'm just, I just see so much the power of the Lord and changing the atmosphere and just explosive reaction. Um, I do want to point out just the word for heaven. Um, so it says, thy thunder was in the heaven. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. Galigal is a wheel, a whirlwind, also a whirl of dust or chaff can also mean heaven. But again, we're talking about, that's another reference of, of dust in the atmosphere uh, that causes thunder. It's like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Um, before I finish this chapter, was there any commentary anybody else wanted to say? I, I mean, we just saw this voices, thunders, lightnings. I feel like we might have something, but maybe not. Given some space there. This is that other, uh, that parallel line from when I said earlier, it talked about thy way is in the sanctuary. So he's just talked about this miraculous thing and this explosive thing that God has done. And he says, thy way is in the sea and thy path in the great waters, Mayim, and thy footsteps are not known. And I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. Thy way is in the sea. I know we know the story, but if you, th if you think as if you've never seen it before, if you were an Israelite coming up to that sea that was going to swallow you up, or either that or the Pharaoh's people were going to kill you, that's not a pathway. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a place for you to walk through, but God's way is through the sea. God's way is, and, and he even points out, the footsteps are not known. You, you, you're going straight up to that water and you just got to trust that there's a pathway. You don't know where those footsteps are going, but you just got to go in boldness. And that's what it is. That's the way God is. That is his way. You just have to walk and do it. Um, that last verse, thou ledst my peop thy people like a flock by the hand, Yod, of Moses and Aaron. The hand, again, partnership with God. Um, I thought that was cool that that came to the end there. Um, I, I went back and read the scripture where this happened with the Red Sea. And I, 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 in my mind, I always see uh, Charlton Heston with the sea. Of yeah, of course. What else would you see? Um, 
but I it, but it's good to reread that scripture and actually see what's said. Um, there was kind of let me see I didn't include it in my notes. It's Exodus fourteen fifteen if you want to look at it at some point. But um, I thought it was kind of funny that that God says, "Why are you crying out to me? Do this." It literally, like it's. I'm sure there's a deeper meaning, but I thought that was kind of funny. They're like, "What? What? Moses? Why are you asking me? Like, do this." And he told him to raise his staff. Right. That's the part I remember because Charlton Heston. But he says, "Raise your staff and stretch your hand out over the water and split the sea." I like that he actually tells him. He says, "Do this and ask me to split the sea." No, he says, "Do this and split the sea." tells him to do that but he tells him to reach his hand out his yod his partnership in partnership with me just do it no no that's not surprising at all that's not shocking um
this is for this season as well as for future seasons for those who come across this at different times that there are I mean it's all well and good to be looking at it when you're in a real when you're in a good place you're not facing anything it's like this is amazing oh poor that's a troubling thing but we I mean we've been through it and when you're in it it can feel impossible and when you're coming up to the sea and you're freaking out because you've got no other recourse and the Lord says well what's wrong with you it's obvious go to the sea walk through the sea and you think that's ridiculous but you have to say instead of doubting okay I'm trusting because I know you you do marvelous and miraculous things and you're gonna pull me through it um okay so part two is Psalm 31 <clears throat> so this one's from David this one has a lot in common with this other one, but at the same time, it's it's a whole other ball game. It's but the the thing that largely I see it having in common is this similar situation where uh, we're praising, we're talking about good things, and then things get real bad. <laughs> things get real depressing, and but it's pulling out of that into this remembrance to bring that victory, victory over oneself and one's mind and one's doubting, as well as victory over the, the things that are facing one. So let's dig in. <clears throat> in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, Hasa. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Let's look at that, because trust, we have a, few, a couple of different trusts. This one is Hasa. It is to trust. It is to make refuge, to have hope. It is to confide. It is also to flee to for protection, which is interesting. In this chapter, there's a lot of elements of fleeing and running away. But at least in this sense, it's trusting God. It's fleeing to God. It's a little intense of a word. The other trust we're going to see is not as intense. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art, my, thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Which name is name. But I also wanted to include that because it can also be a, it's a mark, a memorial, or a monument. Again, that heralds back to that remembrance. Pull me out of the net, that not a net, the net that they have laid privily for me. Hey, Annette. Uh, for thou art my strength. And this chapter talks a lot about strengthening. And, and oh yeah, strengthening. Um, into thy hand, Yod, I commit my spirit, Ruach. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Amen. So it's bringing, this one has a lot more with the hand into your hand I commit my spirit into partnership with you I will commit my spirit um, and that God of truth met <coughs> firmness faithfulness truth sureness stability I love that again as I said starting out for this this teaching was about the certainty 
of the goodness of God, the surety of who God is. And so to me, that really uh, touched my spirit to see that word truth there. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. Bata, not hasa, bata, which is do trust to be confident or sure. So it's it's a little like this. This one has more confidence in it, obviously. It's bold, put confidence, to make to hope, to make to trust, to hide for refuge, but not so precipitately as hasa to feel safe. So again, like I said, Hasa was an intense, like fleeing to God for refuge and protection. This is to run to God for refuge. It's, it's, it's still there, but it's not quite as frantic and panicked. Um, so I, yes, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, which is ghoul. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but I like saying it that way. Um, to, which is I, I related to tools, to spin around under the influence of any violent emotion, usually rejoicing. Um, for thou hast considered, ra'ah, my trouble, ani. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, sarah. So we're seeing that again. Um, Again, thou hast considered, you've, you have really perceived, discerned, really looked at my trouble, and in this word for trouble is trouble, affliction, misery, depression as well. And you have known my soul in straits, distress, trouble. Again, it's that word that's related to sarar, which is a narrow place to be bound. We're gonna see this really make some more sense here too. So again, he's it's, it's good. We're we're looking pretty good. He's struggling, but he's saying, okay, you have known, you know, you know exactly where I am. You don't just see it and like, oh yeah, I know you, I know that's happening. It's fine. You're good. No, you are looking at it. You're discerning it. You are putting focus on it. Next scripture, verse eight, and has not shut me up into the yod of the enemy. You have set my feet in a large room, Merhab. So he said, I commit myself to your hand, God, to that partnership. Don't let the enemy take hold of me with their hand. And you have placed me in a large room. And I want to talk about that in detail. But before I do, the hand. I was thinking about this and praying about this and thinking, well, that's not partnership with the enemy. You're not willingly if, if the enemy gets you, you're not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to partner with you, enemy. Well, you can, actually. That's, I take that back. I just said it, and I realize we don't think about it, but sometimes even with doubt, we can be partnering with the enemy. Um, so we have to be careful with that. But even so, even if it's something that grips you and you're not and you don't realize it's – sorry, that was loud. It was, it was for effect. Um, <laughs> If you think about if someone grabs your arm and they're stronger than you, do you have control over your movement of your arm? Not really. You can try to pull away, but if they're stronger than you, you they, they can move your arm however they want. That's in a way a partnership too, um, even if it's not necessarily initially willing, which is why I think a lot of times, uh, to me, as I was praying about this and as I was considering that, when they're saying, Lord, deliver me from the hand of the enemy, if you're thinking of it in a partnership sense, 
It's like I, if I'm not, if I can't physically or in spirit, if I can't remove myself from that control that the enemy has over me, only you can. I don't know why I keep. I'm just looking at Monica. We're just. I'm just. We're just chatting. <laughs> I love that you're okay with this. Like, this is good. The eye, eye contact. The you've placed my feet in a large room, Mehab, which is I, I looked up. Breadth, large space, broad, roomy place, wide expanses. Um, it does have this. The thing with this is that it's strategic benefits. Um, it's. Uh, you, if you think about that, it's a place of safety as well as victory. You really do have the upper hand over your enemies in that large place. Um, now, I'm talking about this because of the next part, and I want to refer back to it. This is a good thing, being in a large place. We've seen it a lot. Um, and actually, what's funny is when I looked it up, there weren't as many uses of this word as I thought there would be. But still, I know this scripture really well. I've known other places where uh, David has said it. But so you'll see my question mark, exclamation point little thing there. And no, that's not an accidental leave over from my notes of like, what does this mean? No, that was put there intentionally for you. Because, okay, we're good. God has preserved me. I rejoice. Uh, you've seen my, my troubles. You know what's happening. You've placed me in a strategic place. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye is consumed with grief, my soul and my belly. What happened? Like, what, what happened? I don't, I, I mean, it was, it, to me, I actually put that in my notes. I said, what happened in caps? And because there's no, I thought, is there a Sela here that I'm missing? Did I miss something? Did something, is there a space and time here? What happened? Because he just said, you've put my feet in a large space where I should be good here, right? And I will say, before I even get into all the meaning in that next verse, as I said, I looked up those other uses of mirhab. And I thought, well, is this a thing? Is this like, did I never realize that when the Lord, when it says, oh, you've placed me in this situation, it's yay, happy, good. And then does that often, does the enemy come in right after? Is that always something that happens? No. No. In, in the other uses in scripture, like all the other, all of the other references were just purely victorious answers to prayer. None of them showed such a quick downturn as this scripture does. So he's in a real good spot and then all of a sudden things spiral. Think about though too, I mean think about this Katie, think about the promised land. I mean think about crossing over the Jordan and, and, and what God said to Joshua if they were going to cross over. I mean what were they going to face? large space that was flowing with milk and honey so the enemy is very often there absolutely yeah in that moment of yeah i'm actually surprised though that there weren't other times yeah yeah like, it's like oh this is good oh happy happy yeah and i'm sure like not long after yeah. still it's not anything after least they have very long right i know <laughs> but i think for me that that is the realization of like okay well you're in in a strategic a street strategically beneficial places or perhaps even the promised land, as you as you pointed out, is true. But it doesn't mean that you're going to stay there, which the general church would want you to think. The general church wants to say, 
like, oh, if you just do A, B, and C, if y'all just do A, B, and C, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, then you're gonna be in that large space forever, until eternity. No. It kind of says to me, life continues. Yeah, You know, true. you're in a great place, and all of a sudden you start thinking about what's going on around you, and you lose that safe space. <laughs> That's true. And so I, I don't, just life continues. Okay, I'm fine, but life continues, and I'm afraid again. Yeah. Um, and so we, we don't know, as you said, we don't know how long a span of time between verse 8 and verse 9. But either, either life continues or we come out of our happy space and start thinking about what's going on around us again. Mm. Okay, the enemy's still encamped around me and, you know, why was I, th what was <laughs> I thinking a minute ago? <laughs> you know? I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's true. It is, also, it, it is also perspective and realizing if you do this, we have to have this remembrance constantly before us too as well. It's like... Yeah, that's there's there's always going to be because as a walk of saints, we're we're called to partner with the Lord, and it's going to be there are going to be mountaintop times and there are going to be valley yeah. times. We've seen it so many times that we don't fall in the in the bad times as often as we fall in the good times. Ooh, Ooh. preach, Dennis. And so here we are, you know, Amen, brother. <laughs> you know what, Kay? Um, this uh, in verse eight, that large room, yeah. Mom, that that does mean blessing. It does mean all the things that are here on the sheet and everything has been said, but. There's also the idea that from that, the wide space is an expansion into new territory. In fact, it, it, one of the, well, one of the clear derivations is that from that point of blessing, you know, you think about it, every time the military is getting ready to, to go forward, they build up their supply, they build up their armaments, they get everything ready and then the trumpet comes and they go. And so it's quite probable that all those wonderful things that we've just talked about are true, but they were there for the reason of expansion, which is why I think that immediately then he says, direct me, have mercy, give me your direction, Jehovah, plan of God, for we're now facing opposition as we press forward as any, any pioneering, any military expansion would go, you're probably gonna face opposition. And so I, I'd never really thought of that before. Um, you know, we like to think about having space, you know, comfort zone. Um, and, but you know, that blessing is because we're, we're being charged to go forward. Our, the large space includes an expansion into new territory. And that then means that we're invading the darkness and wisdom. And that's, to me, in the plan of God, Jehovah. Anyway, that's 
that might be an explanation as to why A goes in, goes off the cliff into nine. <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah, it's like, uh, okay, this isn't over yet. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, well, yeah, you there's, can't. There's more to more to gain or more to do. And you, and you shouldn't, although it's natural to us as to our flesh, say you shouldn't just, like, I'm going to stay here, just going to hang out. No, we're called to be the ones that go forward, the ones that expand on behalf of the Lord. So, yeah, that's, that's absolutely, I love that. Thank you. Um, the, I do want to point out as well that, yeah, that trouble is that sarar, which to me is really an interesting not parallel, I can't think of the word, but um, it's an opposite in a way where you've got that large space and then you have that binding, that tightness. So it's again, that sarar is to bind, to be narrow, to be in distress, make narrow, be cramped, to be in straits, vexed or harassed. So it's an interesting uh, flip there to see where all of a sudden we have that large blessing area and then the tight harassment there um, <clears throat> for the sake of time unfortunately we'll, we'll skip a bit but but looking through this don't 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 forget to look at look through it if you haven't already there's some really good stuff in here um, I do in verse 12 I do want to point out that he says I'm forgotten as a dead man out of mind I am like a broken vessel which vessel can be vessel or it can also be a tool a weapon or an instrument and broken there, I didn't include for you, but it's it's broken, but it's also useless. So, which again, and I, for again, as a musician, I I thought instrument, and I thought David, I'm a I'm an instrument that can't be played, which is really, gosh, that's that's heartbreaking to see that. And also as a warrior, a weapon that can't be used. I'm a broken weapon. Um, so moving there, you see my little squiggly lines there. I, I put those in places where I'm like, okay, here we're starting to turn around. It's starting to look a little better with I trust it. Vataj, which is again that trust, that that confidence. It's running to the Lord, but not as precipitately as Hasa. Um, trusted in the plan of God. And I said, you are my Elohim. I declared that you are my Elohim. My times, which is also my experiences, my fortune, are in thy yad. They are in that partnership with you. Deliver me from the yad of my enemy. So earlier he was saying, oh, you haven't, you haven't let me be in the yad of my enemies. Well, I'm saying now, like, this is my, my time, my future, everything, my life is in your yad deliver me from the yacht of my enemies. So it's interesting that that's come back up here, that the enemies are coming in to try and steal that from him. And from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous or even bold, arrogant things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Another squiggly line. We're really turning around here. It's He's come to, he said, I'm trusting in your purpose. I am partnering with you. Don't let me be pulled away from that. 
And so that's bringing us to more victory here. Oh, how great is thy tob, thy goodness, thy, your good purpose, uh, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. This next few scriptures have some interesting things. That laid up is sapan, which is to hide, to hoard or reserve, to protect, to hide treasure. So that tobe purpose is being protected and hidden as a treasure for those that fear the Lord. And those that hasa, which again, is, I, I kind of wish it wasn't. I, I, I was like, yeah, that's going to be fatah. No, it's, it's hasa. It's the one that it's not quite so so courageous, but it's still trust and confidence in the Lord. Um, then continuing to verse 20, thou shalt hide them in secret, which is a hiding place, a shelter, or protection, in the secret of thy presence from the pride of men. Thou shalt keep them secretly, sapan again, in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. So not only is God preserving and hiding as a treasure that tobe purpose, but he's also hiding those who would pursue that tobe purpose in that same way, which is which is very nice. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous pala, again, miraculous kindness, which is chesed, in a strong city. And I bolded this because this is actually the scripture that really kind of got me focused on this chapter. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. So that haste word is to start up suddenly, to hasten away to fear. Remember I mentioned this chapter has a lot of running away. This is not running towards God. This is freak out moment. Like I, I freaked out because I was surrounded and I, I said it in my haste. I'm cut off. Like I am separated from God. You're not what you, your, your face is not before me. I, oh no. It's a sudden, that doubt. It was in my fear that I just said, ah, that's, I, I'm, I'm not going to survive. But nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. That's a remembrance. I freaked out, and I was like, oh, no, it's all going to somewhere in a handbasket. But wait a minute. You heard my voice. You heard my supplications. So I, I'm, I'm remembering that. And then from that, he says, Oh, love the Lord, all ye saints. The Lord, for the Lord preserves the faithful and plentifully rewarded them, uh, the proud doer. That um, plentifully is, is more, it's, it's an excess, it's a remainder, abundant, exceeding, plentifully, remnant, and residue. So it's, it's the whole thing and the remnant of it. So it's on top of the completion. And that word rewarded is actually salam, which is to be in a covenant of peace, to be complete. It's related to shalom, to be complete, sound, to be made whole. So the Lord brings even more than the completion, even more than wholeness to the proud doer, which I know a lot of times you can think proud, ooh, negative connotation. But proud here can also mean excellent. So those who strive for that excellence of spirit, that excellence of being 
exactly who God has called them to be. He is going to bring that wholeness in excess. Um, and that last verse there, be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Um, that is reminds me a little bit of the having done all to stand, stand therefore in a way, because it's saying, if you look into all the meanings of those words, be strong, actively be courageous, actively choose to be strong, and the Lord will strengthen that seed of your courage. The Lord will bring strength. So it's about not just saying, okay, Lord, I'll take it. Make me strong. It's like, okay, no, I, Lord, I will be strong. Sorry, I keep hitting the pulpit. I will be strong. And through that, he adds to it. Um, I know we're, yes, out of time, but I did include just a couple of things there. There are a couple other scriptures that showcase that theme of doubt and then really jump into remembrance, that Isaiah 49, where it's, he has not forsaken me. Lamentations 3, which is really depressing. I haven't reread Lamentations in a long time, but it's named that for good reason. Um, it was a lot of Lamentations. And then around verse 20 in that chapter, you have remembrance, and actually you have it. I didn't realize that that's the scripture where you get the refrain from great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. Of course, those are the song lyrics, but it's out of that really depth of, horrible. I don't know, where are you, God? This is awful. And then, ah, no, wait. You're faithful. I'm going to remember. I remember your good, your good works. Um, let's see. So those are some things to kind of continue to look at if you so choose. Um, so in all, you know, I, would, I would open it up to commentary, and I think I will in a second, but just to kind of give uh, a summation or kind of a, um, a statement for us, an encouragement. It's supposed to be an encouragement, an encouraging word. And that is just to, when we, not if, when we face these struggles, whether it be purely in warfare and spiritual elements where we're struggling to press through to the next thing, or if we're dealing with <coughs> catastrophes and emergencies in our natural lives, we need to, it, it's, it's, yes, we're, we're having our remembrances in the good times where it's like, oh yes, God's so good, God's always been good, but it's so important for us to have that remembrance and to speak forth, to declare the, the goodness of God, especially in those times when it seems all hope is lost and just the, when, when our mind wants to step up and say, okay, this isn't cool. Oh, God's not there for us. He doesn't remember me. Is he cut me off forever? Like Asaph said. Um, but we need to remember, hold up, hold up. No, he hasn't cut us off. And he won't. It may feel like it, but he hasn't. And he's not going to. And he's always come through and he always will. And remember that that partnership and that pursuit is the most important thing. That if you, if we lay on our face and we lay aside the other stuff that's going on, or even, or even just really press through the 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 enemy attack that is happening, 
that the Lord will come through. He will be faithful. He will bring us to that next step, that next place of victory, and so on and so forth. So, um, did, did it? Was there any other commentary? I keep getting the impression. You know, David, of course, as we read through here, he had, like anyone would have, uh, an instinct for survival. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's very clear. We see that. But it, he also has a, a perception uh, of history and reputation and that his, if he fails, it's a stain on the reputation of God. And he would rather, he would want to, I should say, he would want to say, wait a minute, it's not God, it's me that failed, you know. But you can't do that in life because the failure's there and he's dead. <laughs> and it's a stain upon the reputation of God in the mind and heart of David. We know it's not and we know why, but yet the world does not. And so he's... He is not only fearing for himself with his, with his instinct for survival, but he also knows that if I fail, people will think it's God's not all powerful. And so he has a very much of a of a perception of that, and it's weighting him down greatly. And uh, a lot of people don't see things that way, and we should. As, a, as another motivation to be successful in his strength. And yet again, another, yet another reason to, even if we're in those low points and struggling times, to be declaring, like, hey, yeah, this is really bad, but God has done this for me. These are the mighty things he's done in my life. This is the yeah. miracle that I saw. This is the way he guided me away from decisions yeah. that I shouldn't have made and, and instead chose something that was what that didn't make sense yeah. he, he, I walked to the dead into this Red Sea and I didn't know where I was going but then he opened that sea yeah. up as yeah. a pathway but so making that always be our song always be what we speak for for ourselves and for others that call to remembrance yeah uh, to inspire faith yeah Moses had that same perspective, I think, just in, if you go back and you read, like, through his deliberations with the Lord, when the Lord wanted to smite them because of their sin, he would, you know, he would call to remembrance with the Lord, but you said this, and you promised this, and if you kill them now, the fulfillment of your promise, that they're not going to think that you're, you know, so it's, it's, I totally agree, it's having that, that heavenly perspective of who God is. I want to go a completely different direction with this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that was shared was wonderful, and I appreciate this teaching. Um, what is resonating with me is, and I may need help with the facts, but when we were all on Zoom on Wednesday, pastor shared about a dream that I think Anna's mother had yes. about uh, a baby that has meningitis, yes, and uh, in the dream, uh, she was sharing that uh, she was in a very narrow place, 
so Pastor help me on that back yes, backwards. That's right. And uh, and I think that she was viewing uh, the child in this very narrow place. And there's more detail with that, but what's resonating with me is it was a long corridor or a very narrow place. And I feel like, Katie, what's happened, not intentionally, but what's happened is when you got into Psalm 31, and it's on that page where you have the question mark and the exclamation point you all across, it's that section there, and, and you had mentioned the narrow place earlier, but I just felt that it was um, right here in this section, 9 through 13, it was an interpretation of that dream, part of the interpretation. And I, I really feel like uh, she uh, would um, connect with this. I realize she speaks Portuguese, but um, the, the answer I felt to this whole part was verse 18, uh, let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Um, I'm just thinking, Katie, you know, it was a great teaching. We don't want to bog them down since they're second language learners, but maybe someone like your Wally could just interpret from, from uh, Psalm 31 verses nine to, the, you know, maybe to the end, because the closure was very good as well. I, I think it would help her to understand better uh, from a spiritual vein, uh, what is happening to her in this dream with the child. Now, I don't know what's gonna happen with the child, but I do know that the answer is here mm -hmm. in verse 18. I feel that very strongly, and I also think that it would be very confirming to her if she heard the description about the narrow place. I really think it would turn her around. Because you know, we're believing for deliverance for this child, or, you know, divine healing, that's what we're but uh, she, you know she's there struggling in that narrow place for that child. So that might, I don't know if we can do that or not. It might be too much work for him, but I just feel like that interpreted that part of the dream. And I think it was so cool that you brought it, to, brought it up today. And I kept hearing it at the beginning, but I was like, wait a minute, this is not what I should be thinking. <laughs> you know, so I kind of put it aside. But then I felt like here, I, I just felt that. I thought that would bless her immensely. So she was combating the doubt. She was combat she was combating the doubt of that that was for this moment because that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like putting it in practice. Good job. Good <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try to work to communicate that with Tina. That's a, okay. that's a good word. I just wanted to say one thing, this eighteenth verse of thirty one. Uh, has a really significant uh, place in our church's history, and particularly in mine, uh, because I remember on a Saturday morning, the day before I was asked to not be here at the church, uh, I called Christian International and talked to Bill and Maroon Wacky and one of their other prophets, and um, that's the verse that they felt God was saying. Oh, okay. okay. And they proclaimed that, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. And when they said that verse, it just kind of, it just kind of numbed me and fueled me. 
<clears throat> but that verse is always has great meaning, and that's exactly what God did. That's exactly what God did. And um, so I, I just think that's I just think that's great. Yeah, I do too. I think it's wonderful. And that was not your intent at all. And look what God did. He is so multifaceted, you know. Yes. He goes so many directions with, with a teaching. Absolutely. That's just wonderful. I love it. It's awesome. Well, shall I pray to Lord, thank you so much for your word. And thank you for this venue of being able to share and discuss the things of your purpose, the things of your spirit. Lord, I pray that these words would not fall aside, but that they would plant seeds in fertile ground in the hearts that listen. Lord, thank you so much for the multifacetedness of, of your word. And we pray that you would bless um, everyone who is listening to this and that this would grow their faith and that they would be reminded of your goodness, and that if there's any doubt, any struggle that could be trying to pull people away from partnership with you, God, I pray that your remembrance and your goodness and your purpose would draw them in and that they would be victorious in overcoming that. And Lord, we pray over all these things that we've spoken. We pray over this situation in Brazil, Lord, and we pray that you would have your hand shown mightily there. And we love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen.